0: Hello everyone and welcome to the Very Reasonable Pilots Podcast. I am your host, Charles Longwith. as always is my co-host, editor, producer, co-pilot, gunner, navigator, and podcast associate, Jacob Cloth. How are you doing today, Jacob?
1: I am swell. How are you doing, Charles? I'm doing
0: great. I'm having a good time. I'm ready to listen to a TV show um, and imagine it. And I'm going to imagine all sorts of famous actors as the characters in the TV show.
1: Okay. And yeah.
0: you, to- you told That's, me a little bit about this this pitch uh, before we started. So this is a reboot of, of Scooby-Doo, right? But centered around the character of Velma, and there's no Scooby-Doo yeah. in it.
1: right? So, I, yeah, I, I never really liked scooby I just thought he was a hack, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, what does he really do for the team? Um, Velma is clearly the one that does all the work. Yeah. Um, so let's do a show about her, right? Mm-hmm. Which would be good normally, but instead of making that good... The idea is, is that I'm going to ruin all these characters, by making them not similar to their normal selves okay. at all,
0: and make them really okay. unlikable. Also,
1: right? All of them really unlikable. Um, we're gonna change Shaggy's name because um, nobody likes that. Nobody Everybody likes Shaggy. His real name Norville is better. Um, Norville Fred's gonna be a dick. Fred's going to be the worst person in the world. We're probably probably the worst person in the world, because that's what he's really all about. Yeah,
0: right? obviously. Um, I've been re-watching some Scooby-Doo, and all I could think while watching it was, man, this Fred guy is such a prick. He keeps trying to help people, you know, and do all that stuff. I hate him.
1: He's the and worst. And Daphne, um, we're going to make her uh, something, but I don't know, because I didn't watch the, the show that I'm She's
0: dealing drugs.
1: Is she dealing drugs. Yes, she's
0: like a drug dealer. It's
1: so what the hell, man?
0: Stupid. We're talking about the show. Or is Felt there a mode. dog, man? There's no dog, dog anywhere near the show.
1: It's the whole point of Scooby-Doo. It's in the name, man. Yeah. You got a
0: dog. There's no Scooby snacks. There's no dog. Shaggy talks about how he doesn't like drugs at all, and he thinks drugs are lame and gross all the time, which is really weird.
1: That is weird. Does he actually do that? Yeah. That's insane.
0: And um, Velma and uh, Daphne kiss at, at one point. Um, what else happens? Well,
1: yeah, that's <laughs> not too bad. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> anyway.
0: That, that's not bad. <laughs> oh. They kiss because <laughs> Velma's having a panic attack, I think. And that's that's how she gets out of the panic attack. is big smooches from Daphne, her drug dealer. Weird. Um. It's oh. a... that's not my actual show no good thank (laughs) god i think that show's already been made and also has the lowest rating on imdb of anything ever
1: i think it's the lowest rated animated production i don't know if it's the lowest thing yeah i
0: think it's the animated Uh, production
1: anyways we've got a show for you today um I've talked about this with you before, but then what the idea I talked about with you uh, is no longer what I'm doing. Okay. But it's still in that time period, so get, strap in, Charlie. Because Roman times? You, you, uh, do you remember Persian Game of Thrones?
0: Yes, I remember Persian Game of Thrones one of our get first episodes. Get ready for Roman
1: Game of Thrones. Yeah, Roman <laughs> Game of Thrones. Uh, yeah, it's getting exciting. We're new from Scipio, Aemilius, to Caesar. You don't know who Scipio Aemilius is, but you know who Caesar is.
0: I do. I have heard of the month of, is it July? He's named, July's named after him? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Pretty much. Uh, the so month anyways, I've, um, oh, look at you. It's
0: the most important month it's of
1: the plugging year. Plugging yourself. No. no That's just not. Give me a job, please. That's me plugging myself. <laughs> okay um I'm, I'm gonna be running through the episodes pretty quick because i got multiple seasons here so i i don't want to yeah. you know make this take forever because when i started writing this i was like it'd be like two three seasons and then i was going through it and i was like wow this is a really long story i, <laughs> I was getting into season four and i was like all right let's just try to compress this a little bit nah, keep it going we'll have a two hour long episode today no, um, I was going to be pretty brief with the uh, people and the stuff. Mm-hmm. So when we start off, the the main characters you're going to be following are uh, Scipio Aemilius. So, so, so you know who this guy is. He's a former consul. Consul is like kind of the highest rank in Rome. It's it's like the president, but mm-hmm. you can only be president for a year. Okay. Um, and you have very limited terms. And so. Uh, but he's like, you know, he's he's built up his political career. He's this very highly rated figure in Rome. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's at, like, the cusp of greatness. Like, he's just before his um, popularity reaches its ultimate height. He's this guy that's about to become a legend. Um, very proud, very um, behind the old republic. He's what they call an optimate, which means he's... Uh, very much set in the old ways of how the Republic operates, mm-hmm. but uh, mainly behind the Senate and its power. He wants the Senate to have all the power. And it, in the Roman Republic, there's the Senate, and there's the Tribunes, and the Assembly. Uh, the Assembly's kind of like the, the popular vote, like the normal people can vote, In the Senate's kind of like the um, sort of the oligarchic rich families, kind of, but there's a lot of them, so. Yeah. Not as oligarchic, but there's kind of oligarchic. anyway. Um. So he's he's that he sort of represents that idea. Mm-hmm. Um, next we have Tiberius Gracchus, who is related to Scipio. He's his um like nephew.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So, but they're not like related by blood. So oh, okay. Tiberius Gracchus, you might know, is the grandson of, um, or maybe the great grandson of. The famous general Scipio Africanus, who beat the Carthaginians and mm. Hannibal, yeah. so he's pretty famous. If anyone knows that, pretty famous. But anyway, Tiberius Gracchus, he's this young upstart youth tribune. Um, I spoiled something there. He's young upstart youth. Um, <laughs> he's uh, he's kind of like he's trying to get his start in the political world. He's trying to do what he can to reach the 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 pinnacle that his uncle's about to reach and has kind of already reached.
0: And correct me if I'm wrong. Did you have to serve in the Roman military before you were allowed to participate in politics, or am I thinking of something yeah. else? Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. It's like ten years or something like that, from wow. the military, before you can serve in politics. Okay. So it's everyone's
0: insane. at least ten years, you know, military Everyone's experience.
1: yeah. Well, they they join really young too, mm-hmm. as well. Okay. Um. So Tiberius is gonna be, like, uh, in this show, he's gonna be like twenties and then thirties. Mm-hmm. Like late 20s and then 30s And Scipio, he's older, he's probably uh, 50s, 40s to 60s
0: I'm, con- our I'm next character, Scipio is played by Nick
2: Offerman
1: Scipio is um, Probably some, like a big uh, He has, because he has a lot of lines that are very philosophical Okay. So he has to be like a real drama actor mm-hmm. You know what I mean? A Patrick Stewart like he has to... style a little younger, mm-hmm. Patrick Stewart can be Cato the Elder, who's another character we'll Ooh. get into in a second. Yeah, um, somebody that's like you know, fifties. Okay, he could be. Uh, I don't know. Think of somebody that's a dramatic actor that's in their fifties.
0: Um, how about that? I'm trying to think Leonardo of Shakespearean Caprio. actors. You know, like big, big Shakespearean guys. And the only person that comes to mind is. The dude who's done the Death on the Nile, he plays that that detective with the mustache, right? He did um, Murder on the Orange oh, I know Express. You're about. Yeah, that guy.
1: Because he's a big yeah, Or guy. since we're saying detectives, we could make it um, Mr. James Bond himself. Ooh, uh, Daniel
0: Craig. Daniel Craig. And we know he can do an accent because we watched Glass Onion and the well, first don't night don't really of it. have accents for this, but yeah, I but guess they what should. if we gave him a big Southern accent just for fun?
1: No. I feel like he he obviously can do a very serious role, and that's what Scipio is. Mm -hmm. But Scipio, you know, he's this, he's like this, you know, philosophical figure, like very good politician, but also one of the best, strongest military figures and best generals at this time, right now, Mm -hmm. um, in the Roman Republic. Uh, And our last big character of this uh, season is uh, Gaius Marius. Or Gaius Marius. I don't know how you pronounce let's take, it really. Let's say We'll just call Gaius. Marius for short. Because um, a lot of people are called Gaius. Oh, okay. So Marius um, is a very young soldier. Um, he is not... Uh, he's not... He wasn't born in Rome, but he has Roman rights. Mm-hmm. Um, he was born just outside. Uh, oh, okay. He's... What they call a, a, a novus homo, a new man, which means, um, he doesn't have, like, the political connections or, like, the family pedigree to get into, like, politics easily. hmm And so the easiest way for him to get in politics is to be, join the army and hope that he can get somewhere. So he's a very young and skilled soldier who comes from, like, a kind of middle-class family. Okay. Rich enough to own a horse and set him up so that he can join the military, um... But not wealthy enough that he can get it. They can get him any higher than that. Yeah. He doesn't have the so connections. So, episode one. Yeah, he doesn't have the connections. He has a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. He's kind of like a rags to riches story. Okay. If you're getting ready for that. I
0: love rags and riches.
1: Uh, okay. Let's yeah. see how they come together. We all together? love rags. You know, they're good for cleaning stuff, right? Yeah. They?
0: My favorite superhero is Ragman. Yep. A real episode superhero. Episode one. Let's hear it.
1: We open with the famous quote from Cato the Elder. Patrick Stewart's doing it. He's giving a speech in the Senate, and he says, Carthage must be destroyed. At the end of every speech, Cato the Elder always said, Carthage must be destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, because they had won the last war against them, but they didn't destroy the city. Yeah. And he was worried about their power reassurging, So every speech he would say, "And Carthage must be destroyed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Well, um, we're going to be in Rome. Uh, this period and um, a contingent of Carthage's neighbors come and they tell them that uh, essentially they, they spin the story a little different, but the way it goes in history is uh, they attack Carthage and Carthage defends itself. and mm. Rome specifically told Carthage that they can't raise a military force without asking Rome. Yeah. So Rome declares war on Carthage because they raised a military force in defense.
0: Of course. That's history, baby.
1: Yeah. Boom. So uh, they, we're going to have these these people kind of spin it to the Senate a little bit, um, and that's when you know Cato gives the speech, and the Senate t- decides we're going to go to war. Right.
0: There's all there's probably a They're whole bunch of grumbling garbage. and bumbling from old mm-hmm. old men. We hear in the background so, as he says it.
1: We're kind of going to skip forward a little bit. Um, where like because uh, the the first people they send to the fight in, in the um, like the first consul they send to the fight gets absolutely wrecked mm-hmm. and so um, there's to be more fighting in the senate like ah oh, you know he's terrible he's terrible and they're like we must send we must send uh, Scipio Aemilius because mm-hmm. he's this great general you know yeah but Scipio Aemilius has already served as consul and he can't serve again as consul mm-hmm. um, so generally you'll you'll appoint someone consul then give them an army and then send them down there yeah that's kind of the idea of what they do and uh but emilius has already served as consul and so they you know they bypass the law because the way the Roman republic works is there's no like you you could really legislatively get around anything by just passing a law so Mm. any rules that there are you can just pass an exception for it yeah that's a problem this is the first time time. it they do it and it becomes a problem later (laughs) as you will see yeah um So he gets elected consul, and so we'll have um, him and his young relative, Tiberius Gracchus, and a young officer named uh, Marius going down to Carthage. Mm -hmm. So that's—the first episode is going to be very political. It's going to be like—we're going to focus on, you know, the the Carthaginian war starting— probably like a couple characters that go to carthage and get wrecked Mm -hmm. and then back home the political turmoil and then ultimately deciding that they need to send amelius maybe we have like a
0: a, a sub sub plot of like some carthaginian locals and they're just seeing this from the ground point of view you know
1: yeah we'll have uh like you know the intro of Gaius marius will he'll be he'll be uh he'll be like at home and he like you know he's yearning to get into, like, you know, the, the thick of it, of the world, mm-hmm. and um, you know, maybe his, you know, it's it's like the opening of Mulan or something like that, you know, where they need soldiers, and they come to his house, and he's oh, like, yeah. oh, I will go to fight for Rome, and his parents are, like, you know, a little worried, but they're like, he's great, so he'll do well.
0: Maybe his dad steps up initially greatness. to take his son's place, but then he's, you know, gets tested by a soldier, and he's, you know, he can't fight. He's like, you're old too old
1: because you're past the they, they have a uh, max age range for, um, for people. That makes sense. It's like, yeah, you're too old, man. We need your son. He's strong and stuff. He's young. And it's like, duh, my son, Marius, go. You shall die for the glory Marius of is like, Rome. Marius like, I shall. For Rome. And he rides off with the soldiers. Yeah. And then Tiberius Gracchus, he's very much more like a public speaker, sort of politician type. So he's probably, um, at the beginning of this, He's talking with his mom. His mom is, uh, her name's Cornelius, and she's very influential because her dad was, uh, this legendary general that defeated Carthage, Mm -hmm. uh, Scipio Africanus. So, she's got some influence, and so he's at home with, like, his, his mom and his younger brother, whose name is, uh, what is his name? It's like, it starts with a G. Bram. You know, Charlie, what is it?
0: Um wait is this a trick question have you already told me and then I, this is a test or am i do i actually
1: what's his name Charlie? you know
0: it. uh gregory
1: gregory no that's not us. um you're pretty close am i
0: yeah i don't know tell me i'm bad with names you know this jack
1: uh, remember how I said earlier that a lot of people have the same name? Oh, it's Ga- Ga- Gaius. It's Gaius. Gaius, yeah. Tiberius and Gaius Gracchus. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> sorry. I just thought it'd be funny. Okay, so, um, so he's, he's you know, his, his brother is at home, the two Gracchus brothers. Mm-hmm. He's, maybe he's talking. He's, like, at home. He's trying to convince his mother to get him to join up with the army for this. Like, he's like, Mom, you know, you gotta talk to Aemilius and... Tell him to bring me on as a advisor.
0: He'll listen to you. You're smart, or as a
1: quaestor, as they're called. Yeah, um, I don't know if that's actually how to pronounce it, but essentially it's assistant to the consul. Yeah, um, like a squad. So situation. Yeah, yeah, kind of, but not really. Like the quaster has a lot of authority. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, it's kind of it's kind of like the person right below the consul, mm. and it's usually reserved for like people like uh, Tiberius, who are either friends of the family or someone that's kind of up on the. They're, like, on the come-up kind of sort of. So it's, like, uh, it's one of the first roles you get before you move on later Mm -hmm. in the political stuff. Okay. So we got uh, him convincing his mom, and she says yes, and she, like, helps him get the spot. And uh, episode two is going to be Marius, Tiberius, and Emilius in Carthage. And we're gonna we're gonna kick right into the battle because that's gonna be fun. Big you know, they're sieging Carthage. Um, Marius and Tiberius are the first ones over the wall to help help take the city. Like mm-hmm. very heroic, both of them. Uh, did they have grappling uh, hooks like back
0: in the day? Like you could throw a hook up, you know, on a rope and climb up. Or
1: I have no idea. Maybe
0: we could make it up a little bit.
1: You Look, know, cool. I guess they they might have had that. They might have just thrown ladders up. I have no idea what they did. Who knows. Might have just made a hole in the wall with a catapult and then ran in. Yeah, that's good stuff, too. Roman had really good, arti- like, seizure artillery, so that's probably what they did. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Uh, so, we're going to have some awesome fighting Marius and Tiberius going through the city separately. They don't, they don't really know each other. Um, they can, you know, meet and talk a little bit, but they're not friends or they don't really converse. Um, we get the sense that Tiberius is very much a... A... Uh, political man and he's really making friends with sort of the upper tier soldiers the upper crust um, but he sort of sees the plight of the younger soldier mm-hmm. and he, he recognizes it and feels something about it yeah um but marius he is right in the thick of it with all the you know poorer soldiers um to, to fight in the army at this time you have to have land so they're not no one's really poor but like on the scale of the way things are, mm-hmm. they're 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 poor.
0: They're poor comparatively. And so people. he's
1: like he's doing you know he's in the thick of it. He's not using his status as an officer to to sit back or anything. He's right up with the men doing the work that mm-hmm. needs to be done.
0: Doing a big probably a big single take you know fight scene. We get to see him spinning around using a shield and this little gladius right. That's what they use. Yeah, short swords and just fucking guys up all day long. Big cool fight scene.
1: Cool fight scene. Marius, he's a, he's a badass. We're getting the impression of that. He's mm-hmm. one of the, the greater warriors in Roman history. Yeah. And so uh, he's doing really well. Tiberius is, you know, he's doing okay, but not nearly as well. Um, they sort of get back. They've got some loot. They get back to Emilius, who looks over this city, and he laments the destruction of Carthage. She feels bad because he sees, um, he says, uh, this is this is the quote, uh, he's talking to uh, Plob. Plebeus, who's like his assistant general he says a glorious moment Publius but I have a dread foreboding that someday the same doom will be pronounced on my own country oh, no. Scipio then quoted a line from Homer "A day will come when sacred Troy shall perish and Priam and his people shall be slain so looking upon the destruction of Carthage he has like this philosophical moment where he laments, that this destruction will fall upon the eternal city. Rome, yeah, you someday. reap
0: what you sow, Rome. Mm-hmm. But your dicks always salting the earth of places. Yeah. They salt the earth this time. Did that happen to Carthage, or is that a different place that Rome salted the earth? Um,
1: the f- In the third war where they fight against Cauchy, this one is where they salt the earth. Okay. But then they later colonize it, so um, they like, you know.
0: They've probably regretted salting the earth. <laughs>
1: Well, they I, they probably don't colonize literally the spot. I, I don't think salting the earth really lasts that long, but probably not. Um, and in the you said they were dicks in the the um the perspective of this time period, everyone's a dick. Yeah, so well, yeah, that's not really history, isn't it? Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Everyone will destroy your city and kill all your people if you, um, if you let them. Yeah, that's yeah. So. Uh, so that's the that's sort of the main piece of this episode but as this is happening we're going to be sent back to um the the senate like we're gonna be you know cut, cutting back and forth between this and the senate And mm-hmm. the senate is addressing um tensions rising in spain mm-hmm. um so the romans they they have like a couple they, they have like a a little bit of land in spain um and, and things are get they get kind of attacked and there's this tro- this people called uh, Numatia, the mm-hmm. um, who are sort of causing trouble over there. And so they send a guy over there to deal with it, um, or they're, like, prepping to send a guy over there to deal with it. And so... Mm-hmm. As this is, as they're preparing to do this, uh, the episode will end, and the next episode is when our people will come back, and they have a great triumph, which is where they like go run through the city with all their wealth and stuff, and they yeah. hand it out to people, and they go under that big arch, and they have the and, like, big blossom,
0: eagle, you know, uh, spears, the huge golden eagles at the top, and they walk through the town. Yeah. Everybody's loving them.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so. Um, Marius, he goes home, but he's still thirsty for glory and advancement. He, he there's like you know, he's no, no, nothing really more he can do. He's got some money, um, he's got some standing a little bit, but he doesn't have the political space he wanted. Yeah, and so he's kind of disappointed in all that happened. And um, Scipio Aemilius, he's like, this is he's at the top of the world. Can't get any better than where he's at right now. He's a legend in Roman history right now. Mm -hmm. Like everyone's like, they want to be him. He's this. He has an unceasing amount of influence over the Senate and over everything. People like love him. He, like he's pretty high up there. Tiberius, um, he sees this trip to Spain. He's like, I need to jump right on this right away. I have to, you know, because I, I I may have some standing now, but I got to really have a great military career if I hope to get high in uh, the politics in politics.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So. He goes with the, this other consul to Spain. Um, and the episode from there is going to go to Tiberius in Spain, which ends disastrous because the consul that he's uh, following leads them into a trap. So all, you know, I think there's like five or six legions. Mm-hmm. Um, Tiberius and his consul are surrounded by hundreds of thousands of uh, Novation warriors. Oof, that's mm-hmm. not good. And Tiberius is given no choice but to try to broker a treaty with them. Mm-hmm. And uh, they agree that if Rome gives them peace and cedes them uh, their land, then they'll let the legions go. And Tiberius he makes the peace. It's all he can do, really, or they're all gonna die. Yeah. And he goes home. Not Episode, happy. Uh, I think four, we're at right, at this point. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think so. So, he gets home. Um, Rome rejects his peace and denounces him. And he's, like, stripped from his military status. And just, you know, he's back and a civilian again. Mm-hmm. Um, a huge, devastating loss for him. He's probably going home to his mother and he's upset about this. And Yella, and he's talking with his brother. Crying, um, probably. Like a little baby. His brother's not that much younger than him. No, I mean, <laughs>
0: he's crying because he lost oh, his yeah. military stand. He's crying like a little baby.
1: Yeah, this is a huge blow. To, to get where he wanted, which I believe was the Senate, mm-hmm. um, he really had to succeed here, and he didn't. He wanted to be a consul, essentially, like his uh, uncle. Yeah. And this huge military defeat, um, which he feels is unjust, that the treatment he's given, because he had no choice. What else was he supposed to do besides negotiate that piece
0: yeah because he wasn't in charge right he was following a console
1: yeah he was following someone else so he, he had no choice but to do this but he was denounced because he did it maybe the, the reason he wasn't yeah. uh punished more was because he wasn't the console mm-hmm. console is punished a lot more uh, maybe we, we he's, don't
0: like dragged through the streets and whipped and stuff you know
1: it, it's a it's a it's you'll notice this throughout this but um if you do this, essentially in Roman history, you have a big military failure. They'll exile you, essentially. Oh, okay. So there's there's very big, uh, there's great reward for winning, for winning battles, but there's huge downfalls to losing. Mm-hmm. Because you get exiled. You get exiled. That sounds bad. And essentially, you just can't come back to Rome. You get exiled from Rome. You don't really get exiled from like the parts of the empire that are oh, within okay. the roman empire you just
0: can't go in the city that's
1: okay oh, yeah. that's not that but big that means deal. You, that means for these people that are politics is their life though that's huge yeah it's like, like that that's that's their whole job and everything is gone they can't come back to the place they were born and of their whole life and Rome's like the best place in the world in the world 100 percent. yeah but it'd be like if you got exiled from new york city
0: that'd be that yeah. wouldn't be that big a deal would it
1: yeah, if there was no other cities in the world besides New York City, it would probably pretty suck. Yeah,
0: suck a lot. You can't get Thai food anywhere in the world besides Thailand. Yeah. Yeah. Bad news.
1: Uh, yep, it would be bad news. And so, Senate is like, we need to send someone else there. And so, in a completely unprecedented move, they uh, nominate uh, Scipio Aemilius to his to his force fourth, uh, console show. Oh my god. He his fourth consecutive console this show. Guy needs you only break. usually get one. That's, that's, like, the rules. You only get one. They give him four be- and they, like, suspend the rules again so he can become console. Mm-hmm. And is he, Before like, all song, for it? For it or
0: is games? he, like, ugh, I don't want
1: to go again. I just got back. Um. It's not really clear. I mean, he sees, like, uh, it, his opinion I, I don't really know what his opinion is on this mm-hmm. I would say since he's this philosophical figure um, Who Kind of sees like the senate As this almighty force And very much champion of the old republic That he's not He's neither like happy about it or mad about it He sees it as like the right move Because he's the most experienced general He has a good track record Yeah okay. And uh, like you know he, He's he's probably the the right person for the job
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So Um They send our boy Scipio Milius once again. And he calls up his old Uh officers, which include Marius. Marius is going out once again. He's like all sad, you know, last episode. Because mm-hmm. he did he couldn't go to the fighting. And he gets the call from uh I'll skip you, Amelis. he's like yes, once once again, a chance mm-hmm a chance for uh Theramir, captain of Gondor to show his quality, <laughs> yeah, um, I can
0: do it. it'll be great we'll be so much fun. some guy'll ride up and hand him a scroll that's how I imagine they
1: they did text messages yeah and he's back like in the yes, day. Yes. yes so happy yeah, and so you know plus he's like hand picked as well, so he feels like he's He's getting somewhere Mm -hmm. from the from this guy who's a legend in Rome wants him to be a part of his uh, attack on Numicia, yeah, or Spain essentially. Um, And so while this is happening, also Tiberius is seeing, starting to see the problems of empire, which is um, Rome's sort of on the cut, like is becoming the empire. Mm -hmm. Now they've defeated Carthage; all their enemies are dead. And he's starting to see this problem of um, wealth inequality in Rome.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: Which, which is like uh, essentially the armies come back. The men who fought in the, the war don't get anything, they just go back home. And a lot of the time, uh, they're like taken from their farms. Mm-hmm. And then they can't work on their farms because they're taken from their farms because they have to go fight in the war. Just their farms fall into disrepair. And then these wealthy people who just got a bunch of money from the war because, you know, they're in the Senate or they're, like, businessmen. Um, and they buy up these farms. Yeah. So it's like all the lower class people are getting really pushed aside and these farms are becoming these huge mega farms. But
0: then again, doesn't that result in, like, less people being in the military? Right? Because yeah. they can't... Yeah.
1: That's also a problem. But they, the, a lot of the way they sort of fix it... Is uh, tenant farming. So now they could rent okay. the farm. Yeah, surf, the... surf dumps and stuff. Yeah. So you got this. What, what this builds up is a extensive client network where, like, people who own the farms kind of control the votes of the people that are the tenants on their farms. Mm-hmm. Because voting is public in Rome. Everyone knows who you voted for. You say uh, it aloud.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: So they if you don't vote for who they want, they might kick you off your farm. Mhm. Or worse. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah. So you're sort of like you're yeah, it's, essentially it's becoming this form of feudalism. So we'll see like him uh like walk around the market and we'll see like these poor farmers selling their farms and becoming tenants and um like you know richer people telling poor people like, "Oh, this is where you're going to um this is who you're gonna vote for now, yeah. Um, and like, you know, you, you owe yourself to me. Mm-hmm. And he sees this, and he, you know, he starts thinking like, I, I, I got to do something about this. And episode is gonna end when he sees one of these instances and sort of decides to to do something about it. Mm-hmm. Um, episode four, Marius and Amelius are in Spain now. They're getting ready to fight. Um, it's, it's not as exciting as the Carthage War. This is a slower, methodical war because they've got to find these Nematians and they got to take them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Probably meanwhile, Tiberius tactics, like the, is um... campaigning for Tribune. Mm-hmm. Tribune is this, like... Uh... It, it, the, the Assembly is sort of like the public voting on something. It's kind of like the popular vote, right? Mm-hmm. And so the Tribune is the person that sort of presides over the Assembly and puts bills up for voting yeah and so he campaigns for tribute and that's sort of we're gonna have like a political uh race running while Marius and Emilius are fighting in Spain and um you know we'll have some fun moments like uh when someone asks Emilius in the camp uh where Rome will find a replacement after he retires because everyone's like this is a legend like what are we gonna do after Emilius retires he's getting old you know what are we going to do? He claps Marius on the back and says, maybe he's right here. Oh. Uh, so we get this like almost prophetic moment a little bit. Yeah. Um, which is big for Marius and very important emotionally for him because he he doesn't have any ties to anyone. Mm-hmm.
0: But it's also and his head's he, getting a
1: little big, right? A little bit, but not really. He's still really humble as well. He's in all these scenes that we're having him fighting. He's like... He's not the officer that's like, "Hey, man, go build the wall." He's up there building the wall with them. Yeah, he's in the shit. Like a very, yeah, he's uh, he's a very much a hands-on guy. All the soldiers really like Marius because mm-hmm. he he helps them and works with them. Yeah, all right, uh, cool. So we get Tiberius. He wins the election, and immediately he's like, "I want to I want to help help pass this bill," which some of the other uh, tribunes have been working on. Mm-hmm. Um called the Lex agraria so it's a it's like it's it's this bill that essentially would redistribute land between uh like the big rich farmers and the people mm-hmm. and would help prevent it from being uh distributed improperly again, yeah, but instantly it hits major senatorial pushback of course because uh many of these senators would be affected by this bill because they own this land
0: mm-hmm and even and the so senators like, who aren't, no. or even the people who, you know, maybe they own the land, but they're not in the Senate. They, you know, pay the senators, you know, they help the senators out, the senators help them out, you know? Yeah. Political it's, stalemate. It's, it's
1: a big, 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 uh, huge corruption here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not good. And so Tiberius, angry with this, he breaks, um, this important unwritten rule in Rome. There's a lot of unwritten rules... That if you break them, it's not like the world, like nothing will happen, mm-hmm. but it's just something people don't, you're not, you're not going to do. Like no one breaks it because it's just the way society is. And, and the rule is, is that before a bill is presented to the assembly, you must give it to the Senate and they have to like sort of, they have to look it over and give their opinion on it. Mm-hmm. The idea is like the Senate is the more educated class. And so they'll help figure out, you know, if, if this bill is really right for Rome. Mm-hmm. But Tiberius, knowing that they're going to reject it, ignores this rule, breaking it. Um, this is the first major unwritten rule that gets broken in this period of Roman history. But probably not the and last. Pro- definitely not the last. And so the um, Senate's obviously not upset, and so this episode is going to end with the Senate convincing one of the other tribunes to be their like little puppet and to veto the bill. Because mm-hmm. the way the the veto works is that... the Tribute can veto any bill for any reason at any time. Oof. And so as soon as Tiberius puts it up for vote, uh, this other guy, Octavius, vetoes
0: it. The way we could build up Octavius in the, in the previous few episodes is being kind of like a yeah. slimy politician style take. guy.
1: Who's like- but see, Octavius, in his head, he does not see this as... Like, he's not seeing this as corrupt. He sees this as he's supporting Senate authority because... Tiberius broke this unwritten rule. Yeah, You know what I mean? Maybe we could have him be more of,
0: like, an ultra-capitalist sort of a character who's all about, like, you know, these are the people who have the power, and they have the power because they're better,
1: right, than the people who don't have the power. So we need to, you know, uphold our standard... But we, we gotta make it so that he's, like... um he like really believes in it. it's yeah. Like not not just the power, like, but maybe he thinks like the, this is the way it's always been done. You know, the Roman Republic's always been like this. Mm-hmm. The, they're the educated, you know, the wise people. Um, you have to be really old to be a senator, so it's like, it's like these are the this is these the better are the class, um, the, uh, the, the yeah, wiser so like the, class, the people that have the wisdom to, to understand what we need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I don't want to. He's not really a figure that's like knee-deep in corruption well he kind of is but he doesn't really see it that yeah. way yeah you know i mean yeah he's he, so in, it oh, okay sorry i
0: was, was just saying? gonna say he's similar in a in a way to um uh what's his name the first guy the older general guy who's been doing it four times
1: Scipio S- ameles well skipio isn't really corrupt he's yeah just like
0: but octavio and him both believe in the power of the senate
1: Right. the Senate. Yeah, they're optimates, as yeah. it's called. So maybe
0: it's like they're Versus both. Versus populare, you know, which is the people. They're both part it's of like the, the same coin, factions. right? And It's like yeah. one's you know believes in the power of the Senate, but also believes in you know helping out the people, and the other one believes purely in the power of the Senate, and the people is simply you know a du- a way a, a you know a wave of resources to be
1: directed where the Senate sees fit. So he, the the bill gets blocked. This is in, we're in the next episode now. Um the bill gets blocked. Um Tiberius and his like fellow bill writers are upset and they're trying to figure out what they can do and there is one thing they can do, which they can they can recall his, Octavius's election.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Legally allowed, but also another rule breaking of uh they call it the mos majorum, which is sort of like the like, the unwritten rules. Yeah. So, well, I'm going to call it that from now on, the Mas Majorum. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but... Uh, <laughs> anyway. I don't think um, we're pronouncing anything right,
0: you know? It's ancient languages. It's Latin. We don't know.
1: <laughs> they know how Latin's pronounced. Uh, anyway, at least some parts. Um, so... He gets deposed, Octavius. Um, and... When, when you lose your tribune powers, you also lose, like, the like, the protections that come along with it, mm-hmm. and there's, like, a mob that wants to beat the shit out of him, because the people are very much behind the Lexagraria. area. Yeah. Of course. Um, and so when he, as soon as he loses his, like, his sacred powers that, like, ex- like um, that protect him from beatings and stuff, mm-hmm. like, you can't kill a tribune, or there's, like, huge consequences. Yeah. Um, and so... Once he loses them, there's, like, a mob that wants to beat the shit out of him. And, like, so there's a big clash because there's, like, a pro-Senate mob that comes in and, like, helps him escape. Mm-hmm. So we have this big clash in the streets. And we're starting to get the sense that tensions are high. Yeah. Right? Obviously, this, this fucking fighting in the street. There's riots. High tensions. So now that he's deposed, the bill is passed. So that's big. Very good. Like, agraria is passed. The, the land will be, um, you know... Redistributed. Um, and They set up a committee that's gonna redistribute it. Mm-hmm. The, which um, Tiberius is on. Some of his fellow bill writers and his brother, uh, Gaius, mm-hmm. are on the are on the committee. Big for Gaius, you know. It's his first position. Yeah, good for him. Um, <laughs> good for Gaius. <laughs> not so good, really. Once we get into it. <laughs> once, once
0: once the seasons progress, probably not so good. Probably would have been better served mm-hmm. if he was just like a, a farmer.
1: You know, yeah, if he just stayed home with his mom, he would have been better off. So, uh, the Senate, um, controls the power of the purse, though, and they block it for the committee from getting any money. So the, 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 the law is passed, but they're not, they don't have any money to actually do anything. Mm hmm. So Tiberius and his bill writers are angry again. And so Tiberius uses the assembly's power again. This time he's on his, uh, uh, he's, he's on the end of his term, so he has to run for re-election, though, mm-hmm. uh, for the third time. Now, Tribunes only run, again, like the console, really only one time. Is like the unwritten rule, the Mas Pajor. They run one time. But you can get voted in multiple times. So, uh, he, he gets into it a third time. and People are getting angry because... Like, the Senate is... Because they're starting to see him as, like, a king figure mm-hmm. now. Like, he has all the power. He now And now that he's just been elected again, and he stripped the power of the purse from the Senate, uh, the Assembly has all the power in Rome. And, <clears throat> and he's the center of it. He's going to just keep getting elected over and over and over again. And there's an unwritten rule in the Roman Republic... As well, that if, and anyone can kill anyone else at any time if he thinks they're trying to take over as a king. Yeah. That's that's the rule because from their past of, like, their old kings that they had. Romans did, did not, not like kings. Away.
0: The Roman Republic did not. did not like kings. That's why they called them emperors. But that's probably going to be a later thing.
1: It was a later thing. Uh, so, um... While we're doing this, tensions are getting at an all time high. We're also fighting in Numatia. Mm-hmm. And Marius and Emilius are kind of hard pressed. They're not doing super well in a battle. And that's when Jugartha, the son of uh, the king of Numidia, comes. He's the bastard son of the king of Numidia. And he shows up with a huge force. He's an ally of Rome, his dad is. And so they come in with reinforcements. This is kind of like a Helm's Deep moment in Lord of the Rings. Okay. like. Um,. Marius and Amelius are in the thick of fighting not doing super well and that's when Jugartha comes in with a bunch of cavalry and slingers and they slam into the back of the Numatians I know it's getting confusing because it's Numidia and Numatia but they're we'll different figure countries it out. Well, they'll have different clothes on, you know well yeah, well, N- Numidia is in Africa and Numatia is in Spain so yeah, we'll give one um, purple and the other like, you know, a, a maroon <laughs> Two- so Jugartha, remember that name he's important, um, so he's jugartha yeah so jugartha he's he helps them starts to become friends with marius and amelius um people like him in the camp because he just saved them and he's like this really kind of fun guy you know yeah, he's I'm like magic. this yeah cool figure we'll get him to yeah. be played by
0: um who's who's joel in the last of us the pedro pascal yeah pedro pascal we'll get him to play him. oh he'd
1: be great as jugartha yeah that'd be cool
0: yeah we're ca- we're just poaching like characters or not characters? Poaching actors from like Game of Thrones
1: and Lord of the Rings. We're just taking them, bringing them to us, essentially. Yeah. Oh my God! I just realized who Scipio Amelius can be. He can be Sean Bean. Yes. Sean Bean will be uh, Scipio yes. Amelius Do it. Um, That'd be great. Okay, so he got he's got kind of like the Roman look to him. Mm-hmm. You know, like the very square face. Yeah, just no beards. Everyone has to be clean Dude, and shave them. Yes. Actually, well, we'll, we'll have him be clean-shaven, but at this period in Roman history, they haven't adopted that oh, yet. Oh, really? Huh. Mhm. I think it's actually Amelius who's the first one, if I remember correctly, who, who shaves. Who says that beards and are barbarian. And that becomes barbarian. the fashion. Beards are been so long. I can't remember now. Anyway, uh, episode six. This is the last episode of the first season. Mm-hmm. Or seven, or whatever number. I added an extra number in there at some point. It's kind of confusing. Yeah, I thought you said seven. eight. Last
0: episode?
1: <laughs> Did I? I've been I, I just saying next episode because I've been because I added one in the middle yeah. because I realized that one episode was too long. Mm-hmm. In my little list. It's fine. Somebody else will figure it, really it confused out. Really confuse me. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter. If you're listening um, to this, not like you've tell been following the, the numbers that I've been throwing out. Put it It's in the just comments. the overall story. You know, we know where this is going. Yeah. Tiberius is building. Like he he failed in the military. He's trying to come up on the in the political side, but he's breaking all these rules, and now he's kind of like this untouchable like almost king-like figure meanwhile we got Marius the young upstart soldier Uh, a lot of upstarts here. a lot of young upstarts Uh, with Emilius you know trying to take over this country that's being a bit of a nuisance to Rome Mm -hmm. and in this episode is where we get the siege of Numatia it's gonna be awesome Uh, Marius and Emilius are taking the city and while we're cutting back and forth between them taking the city uh, Cornelius Scipio Nasha See, the problem is with Rome is that all these names are really similar um, Yeah, and so,
0: complicated They're all really complicated yeah. and also similar
1: And people's names change depending on like the victories they've received too Oh, so. that's so annoying We'll call this um, thing, this guy Nasha A- N-A-S-I-C-A
0: Yeah, Nas Nasica. We're gonna call him Nas
1: well, Nas, we'll call him Nas um, He is the Pontifex Maximus which uh, it basically is big, important guy in the Senate, mm-hmm. and does a lot
0: of talking. Probably
1: there's this back and forth kind of going on in the in Rome on this episode where Tiberius is. He knows that he what he's doing is wrong in the sense of breaking all these unwritten rules. Mm-hmm. But he want he he he's doing it because he's like I I need to help the people no matter what, and this is what's going to help the people no matter the you know the ends justify the means. Yeah. And he's he's also worried because he thinks he's gonna get assassinated, and so constantly he has people around him, Mm -hmm. like his his pro his pro mob uh, of like sort of people from the city and people from like the equestrian class or like the more wealthy people, but not super wealthy. Mm -hmm. Um, Wealthy
0: enough to get their land taken by the super wealthy.
1: Yeah, but also they, um, they he's giving them other benefits too. Like he's not only doing. Stuff, so he's not just doing the lexicary. he's trying to like, he's trying to create this coalition of people against the Senate, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, he's giving them like positions in a court or something so that Ooh, they'll help him. That's not good, yeah. So, uh, I but you know, he he sees like it's the only way, and so he's worried. He's he, he dresses in black like for mourning because he thinks he's gonna die, it's like very dramatic, mm-hmm. and um, maybe he's right because. Uh, his people like after after the election of um, I think it's his fourth election uh, they like spill the ballot boxes like the senate does and um, they're like they you know they decry uh, Scipio Nasha's or Nasha decries Tiberius as a tyrant and um, this mob of pro-senate people chases Tiberius who runs to like a temple which is sacred and they're like he can't kill me here but the mob comes in anyway and Nasha, this, like, you know, senatorial figure who's supposed to respect the rules, kills Tiberius in the temple. So Tiberius can't be killed because he has this special office, right? Yeah. That's, that's against the rules. That's against, like, the sacred laws of their people. These aren't just unwritten rules. Second, These are straight-up written down, and you can't do that. Second, um, he's murdering him in a temple, which is a big no-no. Yeah, bad. He's breaking a ton of rules here. Mm-hmm. And so he slays him, kills him and his supporters with this huge pro... Uh, this is our, like, Ned Stark dying in Game of Thrones moment, mm-hmm. by the way. This is huge. Tiberius is killed. And instead of being, uh, you know, buried as fit of his status, they dump him and his supporters in the Tiber. Oof not This good. huge awful moment where all of his supporters and him are murdered and stoned and tossed in the fucking river.
0: Maybe we have like an oracle of the temple you know and she's just like screaming and, and like laying down ancient you know Roman curses on them like your your house shall be in you know flames something like that. Some some pro some propheserial stuff you know. Yeah, putting down prophecies, dog.
1: And so the final shot of the episode would be uh, Tiberius's like head floating over the water, like floating. You know, like you know how you, you throw. A, well, like, yeah. I would say you know how. When you <laughs>
0: Jake throws body. Theoretically,
1: if you were to throw a body in the water, they would float a little bit. Yeah. So you would have his head just like bobbing down the Tiber. Mm-hmm. And
0: then, and then we go to credits. End of credits. Season one over. What song are you playing on the end of the credits?
1: I don't know. Do you have an idea? <laughs>
0: um, The only idea probably I have something. is that one song that's by, I think it's by, uh, they might be giants. Istanbul, the Constantinople. What yeah, that's not happening. But that, that, <laughs> that does... doesn't exist yet. Exactly. So, I don't
1: know. Any ancient Rome songs? It'd probably just be like a... I feel like this show is going to have to be a lot of orchestral themes. Yeah. It's not going to be popular songs and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. That Mm-hmm. It's hard to do that with ancient history, you know, like doing popular songs because it just feels weird. It does.
0: Unless you get like ancient, like, you know, era-specific instruments and then play those modern songs in an ancient style. That might work, but usually it doesn't.
1: Yeah. Um... You know, we're getting pretty deep into time here I and I was going to say other seasons. I was
0: going to say you've so, got 3 more seasons. You want to maybe save up those seasons for another I think should episode. save them.
1: I mean, yeah, yeah <laughs> why not? I guess I guess we'll have to do this next time. Yeah. Um Well, it's exciting. I'm telling you. We're going all the way to Caesar and we are not close to Caesar. No, we are not. There is it This is like this is the Ned Stark moment as I said. This is when the blood begins. Mhm. And the, the fighting that precedes this is absolutely insane. All the political moves and the, the things people do to each other and, like, the insanity of, like, the barbarians and all the outside wars and the civil wars and everything. Yeah. It's crazy. It is brutal. I, I, I read this book about um, this period, and, that, and I was instantly like, this has to be a TV show. TV show. Like, this is too good. I, I can't imagine because it's all it's it's just like game of thrones where you've got these like sons and daughters and you know siblings and stuff where it's like you killed my dad in this one revolt so i'm gonna you know murder you and all the it's, stuff it's all this like all this built-up spite and anger from all like all these different people and they're all connected in these weird ways and
0: you know me i love spite and anger but that was good yeah. i like that do we have a title yeah. besides roman game of thrones
1: so the yeah, um, the the ideas I had were the Twilight Republic or Res Republica. Res Republica is just Latin for the Republic. I think Res and Republica. The Twilight Republic is.
0: I like the Res Republica.
2: The Republic.
0: Yeah, I think that's good. Well, I like that a lot. I'm excited to see what happens in the next three seasons.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's it, there's a lot of. Uh, I, you know I'm not I'm not surprised, but I'm surprised I didn't get to the other stuff.
0: Yeah, I saw that we were, like, halfway through a season at, like, 30 minutes, and I was like, mm, we might not get to the rest of it, but that's okay. I enjoyed it. And that means you don't have to write another pitch for, like, ever, because you've got three weeks Honestly, worth I, of pitches. I
1: kind of do, because the uh, season two, three, and four that I wrote down here, mm-hmm. I, I didn't really write a lot, because I thought I'd just sort of run through it quick. Okay. So uh, I'll have to expand on that, which is fun, because i kind of half-assed it i'll be honest that's okay well good
0: thing that you get to expand and good thing that you all listened to us today thank you everyone for listening to the very reasonable pilots podcast up in your host charles and with me as always my co-host editor producer co-pilot gunner and uh podcast associate jacob cloth if you like what you heard here we're not friends you told me i i was listening to last week's episode this morning and that was like the first thing you said we're not friends. You listen to our episodes? I'm proud of you. Yeah. I, I always listen to them. I always go in. I go yeah. to the YouTube channel. I listen to like them. At least the first Make sure Jake minutes. didn't mess up. Uh, There was that one time you did mess up. And I texted
1: you. I messed up a lot. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah. Thank you, everyone. And please don't forget to like, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your dog, tell your cat. And be back here next week when we will have a brand new TV show for you to imagine. That I'll be pitching. And it'll be a new one. It won't be a sequel to last week's episode. It'll be a brand new thing. It'll take a while to do my second
1: season of House of Malice. Yeah. Uh,
2: Goodbye. I'm excited for that.
1: House of Malice. What happened to the Detective Smoke? Is he... Is he still a detective? What happened to his backstory? I want to know. Is his backstory really, really sad?
0: Yes, it is. I might tell Jake after we stop recording so that I can... get his barometer on how sad I should do it. It's so sad. It's pretty sad.
1: It's going to be way too sad. I'm I'm, I'm definitely going to tell you that it's too sad. Yeah,
0: you are. I know you are. Uh, Thank you everyone for listening and uh, goodbye.
1: (laughs) Bye.